Hey everyone, hey, welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. We're going through every single Metallica song in alphabetical order. I mean, technically, this, I guess, should have been one of the first songs we tackled because it's minus, you know, the subtract symbol human, but whatever. I did 53rd and the third on F, so I'm going to do minus human on M. And yes, we're doing minus human, one of the two tracks on S&M that were, that were new tracks that kind of, kind of, you know, hark towards perhaps what the Presidio sessions would have been. We'll, we'll get into all of that with the guest today. You can follow the show at MetallicaPod. Get at me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, I've got some songs open in the future. Got Remember Tomorrow, uh, the Ronnie Rising Melody, Purify, Pumping Blood. That'll be kind of towards the end of 2019. But if you want to put your name down on the spreadsheet, get in touch with me. Uh, leave a review on iTunes as well. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Go through the archive on the pod feed. I've been going for a few years now. Uh, Patreon, of course, is there as well. All the episodes that I do go on the Patreon first. Often they'll be up there weeks or months prior. Um, want to give a shout out as well to a new patron this week. Uh, Jesse House became a patron. Thank you so much, Jesse. Really appreciate that. And also want to give a huge shout out to another patron, Kevin Van Dam, who is so much more than a patron. Great friend of the show. He's been on the show many times. He's done Eye of the Beholder. Uh, we did Mama said. I think we did Little Dog. The Lulu tracks kind of blend into one. But anyway, Kevin has been so unbelievably generous. I really can't believe this happened. He has sent me a bottle of blackened whiskey. Can you kind of hear that on the mic there, maybe? But it's right in front of me now as I'm recording. Very, very kind of him. Out of nowhere, he is going to come on the show soon, and we're going to review it and talk about rock bands and their alcohol tie-ins. Because I kind of said to him on email, I was like, we should, you know, that's something we should do. And he's like, well, there's fucking loads of them. And he sent me an article, and there is like 80-odd. There's like ACD see fucking gin and like kiss wine is kind of the famous one and probably some Kerry King I'm sure has got some sort of bile based liquid yeah so that episode's coming out shout out again to Kevin one of the great things to do on this show is to welcome guests and my guest today is also a patron of the show he is someone that was recently on live on four legs the pole jam podcast fantastic podcast all the way from France Aurelian great to have you on hey Tom how are you I'm very well I'm very well you and Metallica first time you heard the band when was that it was 1982 I was 13 at the time and uh, Enter Sandman was huge mm. um, I was lucky to have uh, MTV UK oh cool so every Friday night uh, there was a TV show called uh, um, Ed Bangers Ball so yes. it was uh, mainly heavy music and uh, of course Metallica was uh, part of the, of the set list uh, each Friday obviously Metallica a big everywhere but it's interesting when they do their sort of European media runs they always hit the BBC and they always hit I can't remember what it's not your BBC but it's kind of like your tele is it like RTE or something or I'm thinking of something else I can't remember what it but they're always on there uh, they're always huge yes it's a French German uh, TV channel called Arte yes yes that's right and yes so they it was uh, Arte was uh, it did not exist in 1992 yes but um, no I would say uh, you know, um, in France, generally, we are not a uh, really rock-oriented uh, country. Mm. But uh, in early, in the early 90s, uh, Metallica was everywhere was radio, so very, very huge. And I, um, when I was at university, I, I, I lived with a Frenchman, shout out James, a very good friend of mine, and he was telling me there's something about on French radio, it's like the law that you have to play domestic artists most of the time. Yes. That's yes, crazy. So he- Yes, yeah, so I think it's low passed in 1992 or 1993, and at the time I think that at least uh, 60% of the of the music uh, played on radio uh, should be sung in fr- should be sung in French. Mm. So, and I, I would say that it it has very um, 
exclude rock music from uh, radio because radio are to uh, have to to air the French speaking uh, music mm. and uh, if there's sixty percent of uh, what you have to air on the radio and then you add the biggest hits, there are very few space for other music. So. And going from seeing the Enter Sandman video, was it love at first riff? Like, were you obsessed with the band, or no? It's a, at the time, I was more into Guns N' Roses oh. because uh, Use Your Legion was the first uh, music that I've been f- oh, a fan man. of. A, a, a May, a, a Use Your Illusion one or two? Which one do you prefer? Oh, I would say it started with a mixtape that a friend gave me, and it started with Civil War. Mm. And I would say this song it will it will stay forever and yeah. in my heart as very the, yeah. the first let's say heavy song that I've ever listened. So so I would say uh, I was in Metallica in the Black Album. It was one of the first CD that I ever bought. But at the time I was more into alternative music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the time you have Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh, Alice in Chains, and then uh, shortly after you have the Rains Against the Machine. So there were a lot of huge, uh, I would say, album and artist at the time. So I was heavily in, into the Black Album, but for some reason I did not really uh, uh, dive in the, the back catalogue. And going forward then, you know, obviously you were around when all these big things were happening, Load, Reload, S&M as well. Like, you know, the song we're talking about is off S&M. Do you remember when this came out? S&M in 1999, yes, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I would say for, for Load and Reload, uh, so I was nearly 17 at the time, and from uh, let's say from 13 to 17, it, it's an eternity when you're a teenager. So when Load and Reload came out, I did not really listen to Metallica anymore. And but Until It Sleep uh, is one of my favorite Metallica songs. Yeah. And it was huge. That there is some great song on Load, but I've I've never re- really listened to the albums at the time. Uh, when SNM came out, by the way, I was heavily into it because I, I really like, um, uh, let's say, rock bands or bands in general backed by orchestra. Yep. I think it's uh, uh, all the bands I, I've, do, I've, I've done in and I really like the, the blends. What is the legacy there? Because I know that Deep Purple have done it. There's some more modern bands that I'm familiar that have gone into that. Alter Bridge recently did it in the UK. Like, who are the other ones you can think of? Uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Okay, they did it. Okay, I didn't realize. Yes, with yeah. the um, Royal Albert Hall. Yes, yeah, that's good. Cool. Uh, it was, I think, one or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's not a rag band, but Portishead. Mm-hmm. Portishead, mm-hmm. I don't know. So they played with, uh, with an orchestra. So... I, I, I like the I like this kind of blends because I think, especially with Metallica, uh, even some people who are not really into heavy music, with an orchestra you can really feel the musicality and the quality of the composition. And and this song then, Minus Human, I mean, it opens with this charging symphonic bellicose movement you know really interesting compositionally and one of the things that i love is that the crowd catches on quickly and they chant as if it's a metallica riff with the timpanis yes no it's awesome and i i think it's a really very even the the band is really into the song and they kind of encourage uh, the crowd to to enter in the song and i like the fact that it not start from scratch with guitars and so on but uh, it's more the orchestra at the beginning yeah it's the orchestra building it up and it's not just a kind of standard from of woodwind and violin there's a playfulness to the orchestra da da 
da, da, na, 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 you know, and then coming into the main room. It's a bit like a peep show. It's a bit like, you know, a Moulin Rouge sort of just showing a little bit of flesh then going into that riff, which, yeah. I mean, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a basic riff. Don't get me wrong, the minus human riff, but it, it's a killer slab of like Iomi premium Angus there. I, I can't get enough of it. Yes, it's very groovy and sludgy. It kind of reminds me of the things that uh, should not be and said mm-hmm. but true. Yeah, uh, probably because it's composed. Uh, it's uh, the guitar and tune in the drop D flat. It's a kind of tune that you can compose because you, you, you just you you can basically play your chord with one finger, so you can move quite easily between the chords. So, in my opinion, it's quite with this kind of tune. It, it's a kind of song that you can easily compose. Yeah, there, there is there is a sense of minus human of it being slightly incomplete it ends abruptly we'll get to the lyrics which in my eyes don't really make any sense like there's some cool sort of surrealist images of squeezing the world and, and juice coming out of the planet and stuff like that but it doesn't really make sense so so yeah I, I totally get where you're coming from but we we start with this big riff and I think the guitar sounds terrific as well and the interplay between the orchestra and the music it's very discordant and progressive there's very little classical about it I think throughout the song Aurelian like you know the way that Michael Kamen's orchestra interacts with the band is really compelling yes I very like how every everyone of there's there's room for everyone for the voice mm. for the for the band and for the orchestra um Especially during the bridge, you know, there's a, a, a let's say a bridge or solo, you know, Kurt is uh, yeah. high on his wah-wah, mm-hmm. and then all the, the strings are very loose, you know, they're a bit, it's quite dissonant, it's quite, I really like how everything is, is blending. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, um, we've already done an episode on S&M um, quite a while ago now, and I remember saying at the time, there's really two types of S&M songs. There's either the ones like Minus Human, where the orchestra's doing something interesting, counterpoint melodies, trying to you know break new ground, and then there's other songs like, say, Hero of the Day or Battery, where they're kind of just playing what's being played and just sort of complementing it in this kind of pad way that I don't think is quite as interesting. Um, so there's this song... And there's No Leaf Clover, the, uh, the new yeah. tracks on the album. What, what's your favorite? What do you prefer? I would say No Leaf Clover. I, w- I would say as well. Yeah, I would say No Leaf yes. Clover as well. But I would by, say by a hair, though, I wouldn't say it's, it's miles ahead. I just think No Leaf Clover's compositionally more finished. Yes, exactly. I think for... for the, I, I did not... I was not able to find when these tunes were composed or if they were left over from the load or composed especially from SNM. But with uh, minus human, I kind of feel that, it, as you said, it's not. It, it's as if the song uh, is was not finished. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it will always just be an S and M song. I mean, minus human has been played four times live, only in the S and M concerts. No leaf clover yeah. has been played 114 times live. It has been played on the hardwired tours just recently, just a few months ago. And I, I get the feeling that if they played this live. It would just be a bit lacking. You kind of have to have some of the melodies behind it to make it work. Yeah, because too too much space is made for the orchestra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it it will it, it will not work unless they use a tape just to yeah. to to mimic an orchestra. But otherwise, I I'm not sure that it will it would work in a in a live show. No, no. I think I think people would respond. You know, you know, really well really? to it. You know, be, be, yes. people love this song, and I think it is a really good tune. And I remember myself when I was just getting into Metallica when I was like thirteen. This thousand and. 
four, five, and my cousin telling me about SM, I, I had no idea what the hell he was. He was like, Oh, you know, Metallica and Orchestra did this thing, and giving me his iPod and beat. I remember him saying to me, like, Oh, there's two songs you haven't heard yet. And the song has has a real character, it kind of expands and contracts, and it, it really has a nice motion to it. And I think James's vocals sound absolutely fantastic. He just sounds so confident in these melodies. Yeah, fully agree. The vocals of James are perfect. I would say in 1999, this was probably one of the peak of James, uh, I would say, uh, voice-wise. So, mm-hmm. no, it, it's, it's flawless. Yeah, yeah, it is It is terrific. And No Leaf Clover as well. He goes to a slightly different yeah. register on that, and he has, he has that cool cool vocal effect on the microphone, that kind of kind of distant element to it as well. There is just um, there's a grandness to this song that I really dig that elevates what could be a somewhat slightly pedestrian riff, even though I love the riff. It's kind of very load-reload. It's very sort of two-by-four-y. just moves forward. Let's get into the lyrics. Let's get into the themes. Like, a lot of people, I've been reading a lot of reviews of this song, and one of the common themes is people kind of think the lyrics are, are nonsense essentially they kind of feel like they're just off Hetfield's whiteboard in the studio and he kind of tried to make it work like do you do you see any message here does there need to be a message uh, I'm not sure so during preparing this episode I, I kind of uh, made some research and there are a lot of interpretations so could be interpreted as someone who is dying is calling for help mm. uh, could be about alcohol abuse um, could be about human interference with uh, nature, mm-hmm. but to me, it just sounds of a, let's say a, a, a I, I don't know. So, just a pick up. I would say James probably pick some sentence, throw it together, uh, just quite probably uh, quickly to to throw in lyrics. But I, I'm not sure that we, there is a deep meaning in this song. No, no, and. You know, it's he's not he's not Bob Dylan Hetfield. Like you don't need to kind of you know dig under multiple layers here. A lot of the images, as I say, are really cool. Squeeze the fro- squeeze the world and drip it down my throat. Also, like skin my senses as well. I think is particularly evocative. James breathing deep himself as well. And you got to breathe, man, breathe. And with Jason with the backing vocals as well, it's such a great harmony. Yes, exactly. J- Jason is uh, very great with his BGV, so it's very loud it's really really I very mm-hmm. like it yeah yeah and you sort of hear the, the 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 main riff the spine of the main riff prowling underneath when Hetfield's saying breathe man breathe and but um there isn't a solo there isn't really a second movement I mean you spoke earlier about Kirk with the wah and there what? is that kind of four eight bars but you know again it points to the fact that this song probably wasn't ultimately you know really packaged as they want it to be because it just kind of ends it's kind of got a really abrupt finish yes i i like the way that it ends because you it's it's kind of unexpected you know you yeah, did not yeah. expect this kind of hand but uh if you if you take a look at the video uh kirk is uh, turning some page at the start of the songs meaning sorry probably the, it was very uh, a song that they, they have finished quite uh, yes in a, yes quite recently yeah, and it's so cool they did that, that they put two unfinished songs into it. Yes, I think it was a treat at the time because yeah. uh, you had Load Reload. And I would say these two songs, at the time I would say that every, everyone was expected that it was the kind of a new direction of the band. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, we all say that we all know that he, it was not the case. But I think it's really cool to, to put some new song and 
do not just uh, stick to the to the staples exactly and i think um minus human and especially no leaf clover i think if they were put onto reload they would be considered highlights of the record i think so I think, and it, it's, it's a nice concession as well to fans maybe some diehards might have been like fucking hell they got fucking harps and shit on this well at least i got new songs at least we've got to check these out metallica as always catering to their listeners and speaking of catering to listeners we open it up to you guys um your feedback on minus human follow me at metallica pod every song that we do two or three days before we record i'll open it up to twitter and it's always great to hear what you guys think and as was the same with minus human so um ralph m savetto was saying uh, did i mention how underrated this song is is a hidden gem on the album better than no leaf clover to me it's definitely a highlight on snm clint wells of metal your podcast saying i love it belongs in the short list of heaviest metallica songs alongside thing that should not be sad but true dream no more and yes devil's dance i can't imagine you'll agree he says and that comment got loads of likes but Clint actually like Minus Human quite a bit actually I think Minus Human's a very fun song uh, Rye from Savably Podcast saying outstanding the symphony sounds incredible Craig saying an awesome song Paul saying heaviest shit Samuel saying extremely underrated one of their heaviest numbers Freyden saying super heavy and underrated but the ending is a bit abrupt and it makes it feel a bit incomplete in my opinion Carl echoing those sentiments saying I wish it was a bit longer super heavy also wish it was called Breathe Man Breathe I mean um, what, what do you think of the title Minus Human I would have ex- when I first uh, turned back the CD and uh, read the titles, I would have expected to have Minus Human in the chorus, but obviously it's not the case. Yeah, uh, I would have preferred to have a title like Brief or Brief, brief Mind Brief, something like that. Yeah, well, I get, Paul Jam have already got Brief, I suppose, so uh, don't want to be stepping on any toes there. Yes, but, um, <laughs> the Pink Floyd also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, Pink Floyd. Um, so, um, what? Um, any any closing thoughts on this track? Uh, no, maybe uh, looking at the video, J- Jason is actually playing with fingers, which is not uh, that usual, yeah. and not with a pick on this one. And I would say looking on my notes, I think which we have covered probably everything. I think it's, it's really a nice, uh, a nice song. Yeah. Not my not my favorite, but it. I would definitely uh, have liked to to attend to one of this show and uh, and see this song. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Never skip this song. Always enjoy this song. Love the fact that it's just on this record and they didn't put it on anything else like No Leave Clover. So we will close with a few quick fire questions as we always do. Um, what is your favorite Metallica song? Um, until it sleeps. Until it sleeps. Yeah, that, I yeah. mean, I, it, it, even as a load hater, I have to agree. It is such a great track. No, it, it was a, it was kind of a departure at the time from what we have heard of Metallica, but every instrument, every part of the song, it's I would say it's a very inter- interesting song, and I I really I was instantly instantly a fan of it when in, when it uh, when I first heard it. So definitely, it was my favorite song, and I would say the Unforgiven one and two are are close seconds. And the video for Until It Sleeps, right? Yes, quite creepy, quite yeah. strange, but uh, definitely, uh, I would say in, in the in the mid mid nineties, late late nineties, uh, there was some budget from video, so you have some very yeah. strange or specific video. So it, yes, it was. It was a video of, of the era, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a terrific music video. Um, favorite album uh, by Metallica. Uh, Black album because I discovered the band with them. Yeah, with it. So and I think it's I can listen to it from start to finish uh, every time and I'm I'm very enjoy it. So I'm not a choose. I'm more a casual Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. So I would say Black album is really my favorite. 
Your favorite member? Uh, it has to be James because I think it's it's definitely the driving force of the band. Yeah. But if I had the, the opportunity to meet uh, one of the guys, I would probably pick Lars because I would like to to speak with him about all the other things that he has brought to the band. You know, mm-hmm. the, the direction, the longevity of the band, I think he has a huge huge part in it. Yeah, yeah. There's, Metallica is both of them, undeniably. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Like, you know, it's not it's not that James wouldn't be in a giant band without Lars, but I just don't think they'd be on that. They, they wouldn't be this kind of, you know, absolutely intercontinental monolith that they are like and, and culturally as well the foresight of Lars that he has the longevity that you say yeah is so so great um have you ever seen the band live uh I saw them three times mm-hmm. so first time in 2006 it was in Germany in a festival called the Rock am Ring so it's oh yeah one yeah. Of the, yeah it's one of the biggest festival in Europe so that was the uh, that time, escape from the studio was it uh I don't remember the name of the two because I was more um I was not there for Metallica, but for Guns N' Roses at the time. Oh, so you were there for the that was was that like the Bumblefoot era? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and that time Metallica played the Master of Puppets from front to back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, interestingly or not, I it was the first time that I have heard most of uh, Master of Puppets tunes. Oh right. Yes, but I was uh, instantly hooked by by this song. I say. How can I have uh, not uh, listened to this album before? And how how, but, how how were Guns out of interest? It it was awesome. Yeah, uh, one of my, you know, Slash was not there, but uh, no, so cause I it, was, cause it would have been um, was was that Buckethead or was that D, uh, DJ Ashba? Uh, it was DJ Ashba, yeah. um, Bumblefoot, uh, some the guy from Bumblefoot, and uh, it was an early three-hour show, and it was flawless. Axel voice was incredible. No, it was a it was a, a great show. So we have Guns N' Roses, and the next day it was Metallica, and it was perfect. So it God. was a perfect like nineteen ninety two all over again. That's <laughs> yes, crazy. exactly. That's incredible. And then I I saw them in two thousand and eleven as part of the uh, Sony Sphere Festival, mm. and it was it was one of the big four dates. Yes, yeah. So and uh, we had the big four and also Diamond Head. Mm. So it was nice. And the last time was in two thousand and twelve. Uh, and it was um, they played uh, the black album uh, from back to front at yeah. the time. Yeah. So and I have that, not. Where, where was that? Was that in France or? Uh, no, it was in Belgium. A oh. festival called uh, Werther. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my my friends go to that most years. Yeah, it's, yes. it always has awesome lineups that festival. Yes, exactly. But actually, I I, uh, I was I I bought a ticket to saw Soundgarden in Luxembourg, close to where I live. Mm. And uh, Soundgarden was picked by Metallica to be one of the opener of the festival. And then we we were proposed a, a festival ticket inst- instead of the Soundgarden ticket. So I saw Soundgarden and also a Metallica that day. Fuck man, I never got to Soundgarden. One of my favorite bands. Never got yeah. to see them. Yeah, it was the only time that I saw them. It was great. Was that when they were doing like Super Unknown when they were playing the whole album? I think they were doing it around that time. No, no, it was no, uh, no, no it was a uh, kind of a mix of uh, of their, their yeah. catalog. Yeah, yeah, oh, man, yeah. Un- unbelievable. One. Final question, then. Um, you know, I know you're into a lot of bands. So this would be a difficult question. If you do a podcast like Alpha Metallica about a band, what, what's a band you'd like to do it on? Um, I'm more on uh, the listener side. Mm. 
Okay, so I, I'm huge in Pearl Jam, but there are already uh, yeah, nice there's already, there's already quite a few, yeah. Yeah, so shout out to my to my friends of uh, Live on Four Legs. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, shout out to Randy, yeah, and um, what's the name? Matt, of course, Matt, yeah. Sorry, yes. Matt, yeah. And uh, Single Pocket Theory. Uh, yeah, the Brads, like this one. yeah. Yeah, the Brads. Um, so maybe um, maybe something about uh, early early Radiohead. Mm. I like the early album. Okay, so. well, what's the, what's the cutoff point for you then? Uh, so it's until okay computer. Oh, you don't like Kid A or? No, no, I okay. no. Okay. Yeah. I had a bad live experience with Kid A because uh, <laughs> right. the first time that I saw Radiohead, uh, Kid A was not out. Kid A was not out, and they played al- uh, almost uh, only songs from Kid A, and it was very hard to to enjoy. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Play creep, you assholes. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <I> can... Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm. I have a, I'm. I, I like a lot of bands from alternative to metal. So. No, I, I probably would be more into a podcast dedicated to uh, with, with one episode for one albums. Okay, and not, a, and not a song by song. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I feel that. Yeah, the song by song thing is uh, is pretty arduous at times. Looking on Google now, just out of interest, there are a few Radiohead podcasts out there. There's one called yeah. OK Podcast. Because yeah. I mean, it makes sense there would be Radiohead podcast, one of the biggest bands in the world. So um, yeah, that could be uh, that could be pretty cool. Um, I guess finally, is there anything you'd like to promote? Any Twitter or anything like that? Uh, nothing for myself. So, but I just want to to thank you for all the good work that, that you are doing uh, with this podcast because I know that it's time consuming. So you you surely spend a lot of time preparing the episode, editing the episode, publishing the episode. Mm-hmm. So. Nothing from myself, but uh, a huge thing to you for the podcast. No, thank you. Thank you as well. And um, again, I want to urge people to go check out um, Aurelian's uh, appearance on Live on Four Legs that we just mentioned before, which is a live Pearl Jam podcast I mentioned on the show a few times where they go through concerts in incredible depth. And it is a brilliant listen. And I myself am a huge Pearl Jam fan as well. I mean, my favorite Pearl Jam song might be Unemployable. I know that's quite an obscure choice. But uh, I just think very, that... Yes, it's a deep cut. I, you're the first uh, Persian fan that has Unemployable as his, his favourite song. Unemployable, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very sort of 70s AM. I, I, for me, Pearl Jam is Stone. Like, that's why I love the band. And I just think it's a really good start. I just think Stone as a guitar player is just so interesting. Like, Yes, but... I've discovered the band in the early 90s. So for me, the, the band is uh, Stone and uh, Jeff. Yeah. So uh, I'm generally more into their song, but uh, yes, I'm a huge fan of Pearl Jam, so I yeah. I love almost all their their songs. Yeah, yeah, Pearl Jam are, are yeah. We don't need to say it. they're they're fucking incredible, incredible bands. Yes. So yeah, um, check out this podcast. Uh, you know, follow us at Metallica Pod. Go back through all the episodes. We'll be back next week as always. What do we have coming up? We have uh, The More I See coming up with um, with Dave, who's a great friend of the show, who's been on for quite a few episodes. We did Bad Seed, we did All Within My Hands, we did the Moscow concert, we did MTV Icon. He hasn't been on for like 80 months or so, so really look forward to getting my uh, Scottish friend Dave back on. Then we're doing Moth Into Flame, Motor Breath, Murder One, My Apocalypse, My Friend of Misery, and then episode 100 which is going to be my world, say Anger's my world. So we're slowly getting there, guys. It's going to be about 160-odd episodes in the end. But, um, yeah, thank you all for listening, as always. And uh, thank you for coming on, man. This has been great. Yeah, thank you, Tom. See you next time. (laughs) 